Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, April 6th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a busy state legislative session comes to an end. And how Mississippi's Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks plans to combat an alligator infestation in Rankin County. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A state legislative session full of high drama and slow compromise has come to a close. MPB's Kobe Vance reports. Mississippi lawmakers have passed the final bills of the legislative session, leaving only a handful of bills to die on the calendar. Late yesterday evening, members of both the Mississippi House and Senate adjourned sign and die, ending the session. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman says many things were accomplished throughout the 90 days such as a teacher pay raise, medicinal cannabis, and redistricting. The other thing everyone needs to appreciate, I think, is the Mississippi legislature is not doing bonds this year. We're not incurring any debt. And in fact, over the next two years, we will write off approximately a half a billion dollars in debt in Mississippi. Many bills face lengthy debate between the two chambers, and dozens of bills were adopted in the final weeks through conference reports. Among those issues was debate over income tax reduction or elimination, and an agreement was made that will reduce the tax by around one-third. The bill was signed into law yesterday by the governor, and Speaker of the House Philip Gunn says it's a way to return part of the state's $600 million revenue surplus back to taxpayers. It took a lot of work, but I'm glad we were able to get there. The only one that we didn't come to an agreement on was the initiative, but all those others that I mentioned, the teacher pay, the income tax, the broadband, we came to an agreement with them on all those issues, and I feel very happy, very glad that we were able to get all those issues resolved. Although the 2022 legislative session is complete, officials say they begin the process of preparing for the next session as early as today. Kobe Vance, MPB News. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. 
An alligator hunting season is set for the Ross Barnett Reservoir's Pelahatchee Bay next spring. It's in response to mounting incidents of gator misbehavior in the area. Rick Flint is the alligator program coordinator at the State Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. He speaks with Mississippi Edition producer Rob Lane. Since about 2006, we've removed over 200 alligators just out of the Pelahatchie Bay vicinity through quota harvest permits with our agent alligator trappers to help us reduce uh, nuisance alligator complaints. And most of those alligators were removed within 100 yards of those residents. So basically we told them, you know, if it's four feet long or longer and it's within 100 yards of these residents and we gave them a map, then we told them to catch those alligators and remove them. So, um, the bottom line is these nuisance complaints continue to be a, a chronic issue in the vicinity. And so last year, uh, during the nesting season, which is July and August, I conducted some surveys on Pelahatchie Bay looking for alligator nests. And the number of nests documented uh, was a little bit eye-opening for me and decided that we were going to have to do something different, a little bit more proactive. And so I made a proposal for a hunting plan specifically for Pelahatchie Bay. And I took my proposal to the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District Parks and Recreation Board. They approved it, and then we took that to the full board February 24th this year, uh, and it was approved. And some of the you know, key items there were that understanding there's still concern about, you know, hunting near residents. There are things built into our regulations that will prohibit anyone who's permitted to hunt alligators from hunting within 100 yards of any of these residential areas, within 100 yards of a pier, a boathouse, public boat ramp, anything like that. We're, we're hoping that, you know, concentrating their efforts in the area where these alligators are nesting uh, that, and also doing this in uh, conjunction during the month of May, which typically is before all the emergent vegetation, such as the lily pads and things that typically uh, come up out of the shallow waters in the summer. We're trying to get this done while the alligators are breeding and what before the vegetation takes over and restricts boater access, trying to give them the most interaction as possible with these breeding female alligators as well as the male alligators. Do you have a sense as to why this area is such a fertile breeding ground for alligators? Oh, absolutely. So, Alligators existed in the Pearl River long before the Ross Barnett Reservoir was ever created back in, you know, and the Ross Barnett Reservoir was built, uh, I believe it's 1960 through 63. And the, the construction of the lake um, obviously backed up water uh, across a, a much wider area. And over time, those shallow water areas have developed vegetation. Uh, the habitat has changed. And for those who 
are not that familiar with Ross Barnett Reservoir. Uh, it actually has a fairly shallow average depth. I would say that on average, uh, the reservoir probably is about five feet deep. You took all areas into consideration. And the vast majority of that exists on the Rankin County shoreline on the east side, as well as Pelahatchie Bay. And so the change in the habitat there, shallow water, dense vegetation, is perfect uh, for breeding females and good nesting habitat. And so over time, as the vegetation encroachment has become uh, more and more of a problem, this has afforded essentially a safe zone for these alligators to breed and reproduce. I know that the area above Highway 43 is an area of concern with, because of the uh, noxious weed problems that exist there, vast acreages of floating mats of vegetation where there once was uh, open water that boats could navigate when the reservoir was developed. And much of that area is no longer accessible by boat because it has been encroached upon by all of this vegetation. And so uh, it's, it's very conducive to alligators to breed and reproduce in these areas. Now, I can't say that I personally have ever been on an alligator hunt. I understand that it's rather different than hunting, I don't know, deer or geese. Can you sort of take our listeners on sort of a, an imaginary journey, I suppose, what an alligator hunt is quite like, especially in an area like this where it sounds like it's pretty difficult for a boat to navigate? Sure. So first and foremost, when we develop the alligator hunting season and the regulations, we take public safety number one. And for those who may not know exactly how this goes, we do not allow hunters to go out onto the public waterways and discharge firearms openly at alligators uh, that they can see out on the water or laying on the bank. They cannot shoot rifles. They cannot shoot high-powered center-fired rifles or pistols. Uh, we actually require the hunter to basically capture the alligator first and have the alligator restrained by a restraining line, which is basically a noose or a snare about the alligator's head. Once the alligator has been restrained, then they can take a shotgun that has been in a case the entire time. Uh, they can pull out what is basically bird shot, something that you would typically uh, shoot at doves or ducks or things like that, and at point-blank range, safely discharge the firearm into the spine just behind the head and quickly, safely euthanize the alligator. This is very safe in that uh, you know, the alligator has to be secured. There's no discharge of the firearms out across the water. Uh, it's also very safe in that alligators, have, because they are restrained and cannot get away, we're not out there wounding alligators uh, by shooting at them and not making good lethal shots. So it's, it's very safe for the people and it's very safe for the resource. The majority of people use the method of what we call a snatch hook, uh, basically taking a rod and reel, casting a weighted treble hook over the back of an alligator that's swimming across the water and snagging it into the skin of the alligator and reeling it in like a large fish. 
Once the alligator is brought alongside the boat, then the restraining line is attached to the alligator, at which time they are able to take the shotgun out, load a round in it, and safely dispatch the alligator. This is the most popular method. We've been doing this now for 18 years. This will be the 18th year of alligator hunting, and um, now we're averaging about 700 to 800 alligators being harvested uh, statewide through our public water alligator hunting season, which is broken up into seven geographical hunting zones across the state. This plan for a hunt still has to go through some sort of final green lighting. What does that look like, and when can we expect to sort of have the matter settled? This proposal was approved by the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District Board on February 24th. It was presented to the Mississippi Commission on Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks on March 16th. Uh, They approved it. It is now in a 30-day comment period. The public can make comment through our website if they have any concerns or would like to voice support. That comment period is not just for people who have concerns. It is also for folks who have support. And we we suggest people that uh, have concerns or support to make those, take that opportunity and make those public comments through our website. Uh, after 30 days, basically around um, April 15th, 16th, somewhere in there, uh, when the next commission meeting meets, having no real problems, uh, no major concerns, then this proposal will go final and we'll proceed from there with making fine-tuned changes uh, to the regulations and the procedures. As of right now, like I say, uh, there is some confusion that some people think this hunting season is going to take place this May. It is not. It is May of 2023, and um, we will plan on having that season then. Ricky Flint is Alligator Program Coordinator at the State Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around with us for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.